This week on the Big Football Dive In, we talk about the greatest Premier League injustice since records began. And are the wheels coming off for Ollie? I dissect Man United's loss at Wolves. Let's do this. Charlie, I've only just calmed down after Sunday. I mean, for anyone that wasn't watching, um, what essentially happened was the Premier League decided that they didn't want smaller clubs to be in the league next year. So they said that to an assistant referee and he hasn't flagged offside and Azpilicueta scored and essentially sent us down. Yes, but with the beauty of um, virtual reality, you can see that Willian was in his way. That is, see, I'm sorry. That would not happen on Sky if it was a big club. Jamie Carragher's essentially gone on to he Sky Sports. He looks ridiculous, did not he? He's wearing a pair of goggles and he's got two like magic wands in his hand. And he's gone, the lino got it right because Willian's hair was too big. He had an afro. So essentially, Willian's afro relegated Cardiff City, maybe. Well, I think FPL owners of Willian, which I'm sure probably aren't many, will be claiming he should be getting the assist. Did he get bonus points? Yeah. Right? <laughs> that's what we need to know. We need to know these questions. I mean, joking aside, obviously I know very well that Cardiff aren't relegated yet, and I, I still don't think we will be. I think we've still got the, the run that we can we can stay up, um, and quite rightly so we should. But that incident really did disappoint me because we scored, I think it was the 45th minute, I think, straight away after half-time. And, and I thought we were playing really well, you know. Um, 1-0 up, Victor Camarasa, our best player this season, um, you know, maybe on part with Sol and, and Neil Etheridge, scored a, a quite brilliant goal. And it was only actually once I watched the highlights after, I thought, because I, I was stood behind the goal, I thought it was just a simple tap-in from a corner, but it was actually a really nice finish, sort of curved, uh, curled around uh, Kepa Arrizabalaga. Arrizabalaga. Great pronunciation from our Spanish expert there. Um, but it was a great goal and we hung on. We defended really well. We we had actually a couple of chances um, for penalty shouts. And that's where my, my frustrations come because three penalty shouts in a match, none of them given. They weren't clear cut, but they were penalties that have been given. We've seen them given before. Yeah, and there was also the um, potential red card, potential red card. Uh, as well. Um, those ones are difficult to, to give I understand the referee's perspective on that um, but you can certainly feel that you've been robbed I think purely just for the offside in the stadium did people get an um, an impression that it was so as Quest was so far offside they could probably have been feeding off Neil Warnock's frustrations but in those kind of situations if you're at the other end of the ground you might not see it or something like that but um, people now have their phones on and, and you can see it and yeah, exactly. I mean, I was at the opposite end of the stadium to the to the goal, and obviously behind the goal, so I couldn't see along the line at all. Um, and I, when the goal went in, I think someone I, I remember someone saying offside, but then they weren't to know. Um, and then straight away after their goal, I think it was on the eighty fourth minute. That's when um, Ken Zahor broke, and Rudiger probably should have been sent off for the last man tackle without uh, playing the ball or attempted to play the ball. And just at that moment, uh, my friend next to me got a text from uh, a group chat and it said, offside, so far offside. Um, it's like two metres offside. So we were thinking, okay, so he's not being sent off because he was offside because the lino didn't actually flag for the red oh, card incident for Zahor. Mm. So we assumed, well, I assumed um, that that was the offside, what they were talking about. It was only after I came out of the stadium did I see the offside and that's when I felt aggrieved 
but I knew that the ref the ref wasn't great all game. Um, he's actually one of the better refs as well, Craig Paulson. I, one of the, I disagree. Do you think? I, 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 whenever I've watched him on, uh, whether live or on television, I thought he's, he's quite poor. Uh, with John Moss as well. John Moss is an awful. I referee. think Michael Oliver's good. I think Martin Atkinson's good. Um, and they're Mike Dean. They're, well, oh. I like Dino. Yeah, hundred red cards. Um, but, but Oliver and Atkinson are, are, are European pedigree. Yeah, they they referee many games. Yeah, uh, famously Buffon um, said that Oliver should be eating crisps in the in the stands instead of refereeing when <laughs> he sent him off at the Bernabeu. But anyway, um, what I want to talk to you about it's the Lino actually as well. Yeah, it's the Lino's fault. The Lino's um, fault. I don't think it was Craig Porson's incompetency, but maybe the referee could have seen how far aside he was because he, his whole body was offside. It's a two metres. There was another player behind him who was offside. Mm-hmm. I think it was Rudiger. Um, but what I wanted to kind of get an impression was uh, from you. Are you to kind of coin Neil Warnock's phrase, are you? Do you want to just do away with the Premier League? He said he wanted to do away with um, the EU. Would you want <laughs> to do away with the Premier League and go back to um, the kind of uh, traditions of the of the Championship? It's it's difficult for me because I've said all along, and I know you can confer with me on this, that I have said this all along, because I think it's very easy for me to say, now we're five points adrift in the relegation zone, that I don't want to be in the Premier League. But I haven't enjoyed the season. I didn't enjoy the last time we were up. Um, And I think it's because the Premier League, it's what, what the product, and it is a product, what it brings with it. And you go from wanting, and the Championship is a very odd situation because you everyone is trying to go for the same goal. And everyone probably has an equal sort of footing on which they can achieve that goal. I mean, nobody would have thought that Norwich would have been flying high like they are this season last year. Um, although they did play some of the best, better football, but they were languishing down in the sort of bottom half of the table. But then once that season's reset and you go back to zero points, everyone's got an equal chance, really, of getting promotion. I think that's what everyone likes about the Championship. But you spend all season longing to finish in the top two or to go up in the playoffs... And then what does that actually get you? What's the prize? Well, the prize then is to be in the Premier League. And what what is the Premier League essentially for a smaller club? Well, it's people mocking your team on a daily basis. It's people saying, you're not very good. You've got no money. You're a small club. Um, It's it's pundits. uh, I use the word pundit loosely. Um, Pundits saying they don't play nice football. Um, they haven't like Fulham played sideways backwards football, but they still got plaudits for it. But then look what, what what's happened to them now. They've been relegated because they weren't good enough. They didn't have a good enough defence. And I think I, I tweeted the other day about the Premier League, and and it's a cycle. It's the same cycle for many teams, and it's definitely what I've noticed this year with Cardiff is, is that they initially they celebrate you. They go, "Wow, it's brilliant." Huddersfield, Cardiff, they're in the Premier League. They overachieved. What a great achievement, Neil Warnock. What a great achievement for uh, David Wagner to get up here, you know, to beat all the big teams in the championships. Then they'll start to mock people, um, and mock the results. You know, you haven't won in 10. You haven't, you know, there's certain people on Twitter, Cardiff's possession this year was uh, 5%, or uh, Imeric Laporte has had more touches in the first 10 minutes than the entire Cardiff team. Things like that, they start to mock the way you approach the games. They start to mock the, the way that you have to try and compete amongst the sort of financial doping of the Premier League. Then they'll start to favour the bigger teams. So you see on match of the day, you'll see 
the analysis for, for the smaller teams will be minute compared to the analysis they go into for the bigger teams. Even if it's not a very great game, they'll go, oh, what are the tactics that Jurgen Klopp used today? Or let's look at Mohamed Salah's deflected goal 1,500 times. And then they'll go, and Huddersfield drew 1-1 today with um, Burnley. Uh, let's look at the Huddersfield goal. Comes from a corner, a lot of big men in the box. That's what they're there for, set pieces. And if you actually probably look at it, Huddersfield probably play on the play a lot on the floor. Um, they don't compete. They're not big enough. Like Cardiff, they say, Cardiff, they're a big set-piece team. They're really great. They're great from a long throw. We've not scored from a long throw since about probably October. Yeah. Last se- last year, not this season. And it's lazy punditry. And that's what my problem is with it. Is It's lazy. Oh, Cardiff have got the big boys. Well, we don't. We play with two wingers and a, a two attacking midfielders. Mm-hmm. So it, it seems like the people, they don't actually give enough attention. But when you actually... Andy Hinchcliffe is one of the Sky commentators. He does the championship a lot as well. He understands, because he watches the, um, the, the championship a lot, he understands the nuances of it and he understands the players. He's actually... Better, better at commentating on these games than, than the likes of Gary Neville and Jamie Carrigan and Jamie Redknapp and Jamie Redknapp I was watching um, his analysis um, on the Sky Sports app yesterday of the Cardiff game and I think he was like have Cardiff got a chance there and he was like well I don't think so you know I don't think they've got any chance you know they haven't got the players you don't even know anything about them really what do you know? You've seen a couple of clips on Match of the Day, and that's what frustrates me. If you ask all these pundits to name, you know, I was, they couldn't even read the team sheet the right. You know, they couldn't even say the names correctly. And I think it's just so, like, disappointing that you go to this sort of pedestal of or the elite level of English football and you're treated like you're sort of an unwelcome guest, if you know what I mean. Yeah, um, we might be going towards something which maybe La Liga used to be. Um, during the days, it maybe still is the days when Real Madrid and Barcelona were never. If you ask, um, I don't know, uh, Leganes, maybe um, Getafe, uh, Real Vallecano, the three Madrid uh, team, the South Madrid teams, um, then you got to Huesca and, and Valladolid. Um, a lot of the, a lot of Spain, a lot of their, um, the fans of those clubs, they support either Real Madrid or Barcelona as well. Mm. So they kind of have their favourites of the two. And we might be going towards something like that where people say, oh, well, I like um, the other teams. Like, I, I, I follow Cardiff, but I also like Arsenal. Because it becomes such a disparity yeah. that there's not really much point getting your hopes up. The Premier League is not a league where, oh, anyone can beat anyone anymore. The, there have been 31 games a season between the top six and the teams in the bottom three. And the top six teams have won every single game. And... Will Huddersfield or Fulham win any big games in any rainy season? No. Cardiff, got to go to Old Trafford on the final day. Might need a miracle. Liverpool That'll be an anomaly. Man, you'll still be going to for the top four. It's not a league anymore where these things happened. It's become de- completely yeah. detached. Whereas on the flip side, La Liga is now very exciting. Yeah. Um, and I and I'm, I can't put my finger on what this what what it is, but it is this top six kind of commercial. We've got to sell this. This is these are the games you want to watch. And some of the top six games are, are fantastic. Um, the London North London derby at the Emirates in November was one of the best games I've seen in the Premier League for years. But some of them, oh, they're awful. Chelsea were going to the Etihad last season under Conte, parking the bus. United under Mourinho, parking the bus. Mm. And then even when you've got two teams that highly press and things like that, City have become so good now that they will just yeah. sweep them aside. Arsenal being beat 4-5-0 by Liverpool. So we we sell it, you know, Red Monday to Challengers versus Champions. And they sort of now forget 
the rest of the teams in the league. Um, and it's to your detriment, and that's probably why you feel like this, that you want to go back to a league where it's all to play for, it's up for grabs, there's excitement, because there's nothing better than going to a football match and going and coming away from it and thinking, I got so much more than I bargained for today. Mm. And because it's so focused on you've got to survive, no more not, and it's being directed by the club saying you need to survive, this is good for finance. You're going to be looking at the big games and thinking, George, you know what, it'd be good if we just lost um, only 1 0, 2 0 today, and we come away from that and and, and develop like you did last night. Last night, yeah. I didn't watch the game partly because I was busy, but also I didn't I didn't really have any interest in watching it, which is weird because when your team are on telly, you know, it's actually it's nice to be able to watch them and it's a, a bit of a rarity. But um, I just had no interest in watching it because I just think, you know, is this club, it's not an equal match for me you know we haven't got a state that funds us we haven't got a questionable human rights record you know but is it just about that it's not about one of them having Pep Guardiola and Sergio Aguero and De Bruyne but they wouldn't be able to have Pep Guardiola and all of that without no 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 but the way you the way you distill it is is maybe different to what you actually see on screen yeah I suppose it's they're not it's more about it's more about uh, Leroy Sané and dead Kevin De Bruyne tearing shreds into the midfield with rules and Gunnarsson. Yeah, but I see just I, I, I find it hard to look at it as a, a competitive match when I know how disadvantaged one team is, and I know that's how sport works. Of course, I'm not stupid enough to to think that every team should be on equal footing. How do you think the French league fans feel? I, but exactly, that's what I mean. You know, you've got one team there how who. Do think, are, how do you think even Lyon feel? Probably but, the second best team in Liga. Yeah. But is but that fair? Then they've not, right? not got a hope in hell. Because certain teams are breaking the rules. I'm not saying it's right, but um, it's it's maybe scary how quickly it's happened. Yeah. Um, and then you Bayern get... and Juve have been dominating their leagues now for yeah for many years. I think what fuels it as well for me is is the rise of the, the rise of the modern day fan, which is essentially someone that watches games on telly, um, uses a lot of social media to air their views. And I think with the rise of that, you get direct conversation with people like that. And that irritates me from a... That's not a very strong argument, but it just does. It irritates me. If I speak to, um, I don't know, a Liverpool fan who's never been to Liverpool, I find that really... I, if they turn around and say to me, you've got a shit team, I just think, I'm not, you're not even worth my time. But why does that bother you then? Because I'm so sort of, um, what's the word? I'm so protective of my club. I don't want everyone to think we're shit because we're not. We're a great club. We've got a great manager. But we're wouldn't exciting. it be great we're to just fun. finish seventeenth, having had a poor season? Yeah, and that I, elation. I, that's the thing. The success for this season is to stay up, and I would love to stay up to be successful. But if we're relegated, I'm really not that bothered. But then it, it goes back to the trying to get to the Premier League again. That's the, that's then the success. So yeah, I mean, obviously I would like to be like 15th, 16th, you know, each season. That would be great. And obviously maybe if we were better in the Premier League, then my opinions on it would change. It probably undoubtedly they would. But I just, I'm not that bothered if we're relegated. I think if you had a, maybe if you had a better manager, things could be different. I mean, we were talking at the top just then about teams coming up who were, you know, small clubs and doing really well. You know, look at Bournemouth. They they came up. The manager had good plans he had, a, he had a vision of where he wanted to play and whether you like Bournemouth or not you might not like them because you know you maybe wish that you had the success they had um, they've now got the financial um, power to, to buy players for 25-30 million 
Um, and that's the way it's going at the moment. And I think for, for Cardiff, if you maintain your Premier League status, that could be where it is, but it won't happen overnight. Yeah. Fulham, I understand, got all that money, but they spent it poorly. You would rather have had the 50 million and spent it organically and done well with, you know, getting your Camarasa in and, and things like that. And instead of just spending it freely mm, on Sarri no, and Schurler and not integrating them into your squad. I mean, with, with all, with, you know, we could, we're going to talk about Wolves a bit later on because as, you know, as a United fan, um, we'll be talking about that game. You know, Wolves have done it really well. You know, they've spent money, of course. Um, but the integration of the players, that kind of Portuguese influence has certainly helped. And Eddie Howe, when he came up, he had predominantly um, British players. Mm. Um, with I, I Warnock, I, I, I get the sense that he, he, he had his game plan. It was old-fashioned in a, in a way. But um, there's not a really an identity of how you attack. Um, and, and in the Premier League, you, it's good to be stable. But it's so free-flowing, you need to be looking to use pace and, and, and strength from the counter-attack. And I just think that's where you've lacked. And it's where Rafa Benito was talking the other night about when they lost to New, um, when Newcastle lost to Arsenal. Having that lack of quality in the final third, because that is what the Premier League's about. It's about teams dominating the games and counter-attacking. Yeah. Are the other teams counter-attacking? And with Cardiff, there's just that sense of what do we do when we get the ball? I'm glad you said that, actually, because I suppose it's what I mean. I think with Bournemouth, Firstly, with Bournemouth, it's, it's different because even if three, four years ago when they came up, it's a completely different Premier League to how it is now. Um, Bournemouth, even the fact that they've been able to grow from a club that you know almost didn't get into the league with the stadium requirements to then um, spending however much they did on Jefferson Lerma, that just goes to show how mm. they've quickly risen through the ranks. Fair enough to Bournemouth, they've got a good young manager um, and they're doing well. So congratulations, they're a model club, I suppose. But for me, I think Warnock, there's no doubt about it in my mind that if Warnock keeps Cardiff up, he'll be manager of the season. And I think by quite some distance. Um, he's Not actually. Nuno the, Espirito? No, because I, no, I don't think he's Not anything remarkable. No, because you've got to look. The, the mid table of the Premier League is very, very weak. The gap between top six and the rest is is quite abhorrent. You can look at, you know, we're on 28 points, I think, and I think seventh is 40. Two, we could go into a lot of detail about um, who we would put forward. I mean, I think if Arsenal finished third, I'd I'd propose Unai Emery um, for his achievements. Um, it's different to last season because if Liverpool win the league, you've got to give it to Klopp. You know, for breaking this duck of twenty nine years, it feels like it would be right. But is um, that is that so? Over seventy five million. But we've got to look at no. But I know. Yeah, I get that. But then they sold Coutinho. I think actually it's interesting. They bought think, Coutinho for yeah, ten million and they sold yeah, him true. for one hundred and four. They got to spend that money. Yeah. If you sold Victor Camarasa tomorrow for thirty million and reinvested it really well, would you say, "Oh well, you spent thirty million on the striker"? No, you'd say, "Well, we sold. We got this." The net. Yeah. You know, look at Pochettino. That, that. Look at the look at the lack of money that Spurs have spent on players, but they got this new, brand new stadium. Mm. If they end up in the Europa League. It'll be a bit of a shock, but. Pochettino could turn around and say, well, do you know what? what? You can't expect me to be in the Champions League with, with the support I've got. Look at look at the teams you know around us. Look at Chelsea. Spending £75 million on a goalkeeper. and Man United mm. spending all that money on Sanchez and Pogba. Arsenal and Spurs, if they finish third and fourth, right? Unai Emery and Pochettino, got to be proposed for, for manager of the year. Yeah, I, I, there's a lot of convincing cases, isn't there, this season, which is, which is great. But I don't think Warnock would, would get it. The manager, of the I year. think he because I, he's a very polarizing figure as well. I think that 
he's not endeared himself perhaps to, not, I think to the start warrant of the season, that. Maybe I think now we sort of he's coming into more favour, but it's his detriment to his own success because this Cardiff side, you know, they were relegation, you know, in Championship. We haven't had that many new players, and he's the fact that he is almost, you know, it's we only see the success of Neil Warnock once he leaves Cardiff because the squad that he has is probably mid-table Championship at best, and he's he's keeping nearly keeping a club up and I think because we know him and Premier League fans know him as this success or, or with Cardiff especially um, we don't see see him as a sort of a manager of the year contender but the smallest budget in the Premier League the smallest wage bill in the Premier League and then to be destined to finish 20 Chris Sutton to be finished with less than 11 points yeah well it was actually Huddersfield that, that no, it's Huddersfield and Fulham that, well, you know. I don't think you can give a manager, manager manager of the year based on probably one match that will seal their fate but it's not one I, it's I, the no, 28 no, the, I understand the, the fixtures it, fall at different times but if you lose in a crunch game or you win it that but decides they're only it. a crunch game because you've set yourself up that far okay but if we'd lost I would every give, game, I'd probably have given. I would probably see what you're saying if if you finished tenth, um, eleventh, twelfth, something like that. I don't think just surviving the relegation. Yeah, I understand because where then you're coming you, what, from. Could you say the same about Chris Hewitt? If if Brighton survived, I'm like, yeah, I think Chris like, Hewitt. Yeah, but do Chris, they spend loads of money? They certainly. It's certainly a different approach. Right, but look at that. I think you're underestimating. Didn't they bring that back four from the Championship? I don't know. Glenn Murray, like they spent, they they bought, they got a really good deal with Pascal Gross. He's like their your, their Camarasa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not like they spent loads and loads of money. I understand, but I th- that the, my point is that because of Warnock's success, you overestimate the level Cardiff rap before he came in, and that's why it's remarkable. So I admit whether outside of of, of Cardiff quarters that that that. Um, that will be noticed by the the people who vote for these awards. I don't know who does. But. If we had the opposite and we had flop of the season, then I'd certainly give it to um, Jokanovic and, and Ranieri the thing, for the yeah. for the mess that was at, that was Fulham. Um, but then you know, could you point the finger at David Wagner? I mean, he kept them up remarkably with that win at Stamford Bridge last season, and and but he didn't keep them up with that win. That was one. But that's what though. defines it. That's what. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, that's the course. enduring image for a football fan is when you see your team survive. When you yeah, see yeah, your team of course, survive, of course. You know, if you go to Old Trafford on Friday and you stay up, it will be the yeah, victory at Old Trafford that kept you up. Yeah, your point yeah, is, no. it was all the games before that. But then, you know, if we're going back um, and talking about the controversial incident on uh, on Sunday, there was we watched the game together at home against Brighton. Mm. There was those pictures of um, Sol Bamba offside when I that know, ball came in. I know, but that was a very so different like, situation. I know, but it's kind of, you know, you win that game against Brighton at home, it's a big lift because it's almost like a six-pointer. And then the Chelsea game is complete write-off, but then you end up potentially winning that game and, and you went, and you end up losing it because of that kind of in- contentious decision. It kind of It's so hard to put into perspective because you remember seasons based on a couple or three games. Oh, if Liverpool win the league, it would be the it would be the Spurs victory. It would be when Mahrez missed the penalty at Anfield, which would have given City the win. But it was actually nil nil at the beginning of the season. That momentum shift, like when United last season went to Anfield and drew nil nil, they were on a roll. They Lukaku had scored mm. that chance in the first half. They might have won one nil. Total race completely different. And I think that that what I mean is you look back on the season with those games in mind. You look at Warnock's reactions, and you look at the way that he gets completely lambasted on Twitter for his political views and everything like this. It all 
kind of contributes to this psyche that we have of Neil Warnock and this perception we have of Neil Warnock that he wouldn't be kind of deserving of it when actually if you talk about it in purely football terms as a Cardiff fan or as a general football fan strip all of that away then yeah I can get on board with it but I think because it would be based on just getting over the line and maybe one critical win or here or there it would be a difficult sell wouldn't it but then there's no other option really screaming yeah. at you I just I've noticed the tide slightly turn in terms of how he's perceived because obviously I keep my eye on it um, and at the start of the season, he was hated. Um, he wasn't. A, he was a very polarizing figure, as you said. But now he's really coming. I think after, especially after the Salah um, tragedy, he's definitely got a lot more respect um, from from people. And also um, the way he conducts himself. Yeah, okay. Like he might not be. I, I don't necessarily agree with him shouting in the full official's face like that and using the swear words, but. Um, the way you say passionate about his club and, and the passion that we see, we don't we don't get that very much in the Premier League. It's sort of the, the hint of real football, the sort of the history of it. And um, that's why I think people actually start to like him. So you start seeing a lot of tweets like, hope Cardiff stay up, you know, love Warnock, love what he's done. And uh, yeah, but the, more, the majority is, is against that kind of narrative. And I'm not so, I, I, I agree with what you're saying about, you know, why, um, why we should think the way we do about Warnock and why he's... You know, we should we should probably appreciate it more. Um, but the majority I see on it is, is is this kind of oh this typical Brexit figure and all this nonsense. And I, I think it's completely irrelevant. You know, it, it's it's, not, it's all in fashion now. That you know, a football manager has got to be hip and trendy and Jurgen Klopp and pro EU and all these things. Fergie used to scream at people. Fergie used to scream in the refs' faces and everything like that. That was it was it was about football. It wasn't about anything else. And nowadays we get all these clips from press conferences, we, we kind of make all these kind of edits of Charlie Austin uh, moaning about the referee and putting it into park life and all these things, and football becomes memes. And it, def- and it helps define who we're trying to talk about. And um, no, it's interesting. I, I just think that um, it's going to be a fight to the wire. And um, definitely will we be. won't be surprised whether it's Brighton or, or Cardiff. I mean, can Crystal Palace get dragged into it? No, it'd be Burnley, Southampton, Burnley. Or I mean, last season, Burnley. Sean Dyke should have won Manager of the Year. He got Burnley into Europe. Yeah, brilliant. And I, I but think because Guardiola was so, you know, because Man City was so good. For me, does a clip. But then why didn't did Conte get Manager of the Year when he got 100 points for Chelsea? I think he did, didn't he? No, he didn't get 100 did points. Not? No team's ever got 100 points. Um, he didn't get 100 points. He got the Conte got a higher points tally than Mourinho's Chelsea's mm. did. Um, but then also you look, yeah. at, you look at Sarri on the, on the weekend when he came to the Premier League oh Sarri balls brilliant you know he's got all these ideas all the people on Twitter with their arrows drawing and stuff what's he won? nothing mm. he's I won think all to be fair to Sarri I think a lot of people invented this whole idea yeah. whereas he was just coaching but that's my, he was that's just coaching issue. people and saying this is how I like to play he wasn't going around like saying this is my philosophy we're going to win the league we're going to do this we're going to do that it was not <laughs> almost anti-Louis van Gaal uh, style of saying this is my mm. philosophy I'm going to stick to it Sorry's not really come out and said Sarri ball is a thing Yeah, this is just made up Jorginho is the supposed kind of master of Sarri ball and everyone's saying oh well, he does nothing apart from sideways pass this and that you can't just come into the Premier League and sweep everyone away with a philosophy look at Guardiola's Man City he lost 4 yeah. 4-0 at Everton they were 4-0 down at Leicester um you know, they got they got some really bad results when he first turned up. But he was implementing his philosophy to say to the players, stay calm, 
it's going to work. And he overhauled his squad. Yes, he got massive backing. And this is what Mourinho was saying when he got sacked. You know, I didn't get the backing. But Mourinho didn't probably didn't have a long term strategy of how he was going to implement a star which could win the league. And he's never really overcome Guardiola. It's difficult. It's difficult. I mean, a philosophy for me, I, I find it's an interesting concept, isn't it? A philosophy, because what does it what does it mean? And also, it's the media that make it up, really, isn't it? It's the story it that gives goes people with something the, to talk about and, and analyze and things like that. But from one immensely successful Cardiff manager to one that didn't fare quite as well uh, at the Cardiff City Stadium, Mr. Solskjaer, who over the international break was appointed full-time uh, manager of Manchester United, is our very first podcast that he was appointed as interim manager. And we I couldn't. We weren't it. too interim, were we? <laughs> yeah, we weren't very good. Um, obviously, a disappointing defeat at Molyneux. Uh, Which one? Well, two. Yeah, there's been two. We lost at Molyneux as well. Don't worry. Um, on Tuesday night, it was Tuesday night, wasn't it? Um, top four hopes. What are we talking? What are we saying? What are we saying? I don't know because I was looking. Even I know we spoke about Arsenal and, and if they finish in the top four and everything like that. But they've got to go to Wolves, Everton, Leicester, and Burnley. And we all know that Arsenal don't fare very well away from home, so there's potential that they could slip up. Um, Spurs have still got to play City at the Etihad. Um, we've got to host Chelsea and City. So if you look at it from that respect, we've got the hardest run in. Um, but yeah, going to the game, uh, I thought for the first 20 minutes, we were excellent. Completely dominated. Wolves couldn't come to terms with our three at the back. Um, Dallow, Shaw pushed up. I think Luke Shaw has been one of our best players this season, where he kind of comes inside. That's what I like from a left back. Comes inside, tries doesn't just hug the touchline. He tries to challenge people. He says, right, I'm going to take you on. You don't know what I'm going to do. I could play it in behind. I could keep you open. Um, the goal comes from a lot of dominance. It's deserved. The keeper maybe should have saved McTominay's shot, but it's nice of a surprise to see him score his first United goal. Lukaku has a chance. Straight at Patricio. Lingard has a free header. And not not enough neck power. No. Patricio easy save. I thought he should have taken it down and maybe hit it on the volley. He had yeah. a bit of time, It's instinctive, he? though. I think the ball comes in and he's yeah. just thinking, right, let me get something on this. A volley he's probably pass, reaching volley. a bit as well. He couldn't just... Um, yeah, either side and it. the goalkeeper read it quite easily. Yeah, and then we let Wolves into the game. They come, to, they get to grips with the formation, and um, yeah, they they get a goal which is disappointing. The ball goes out to Fred. He dilly dallies. The problem I have with Fred is that every time he receives the ball, he seems to take two touches and kind of he does this thing where he he puts his boot on the ball and kind of just like touches it and like kind of like flirts with the other player to kind of like oh come on have a touch and I'll take it past you. Sort of Brazilian in the way mm. there's a lot of like, I'm going to take you on, I'm going to go past vibes. you. But I don't know what he's playing at because in the Premier League, especially against a team like what Wolves with their with their high press, you're only going to ask for trouble. Jimenez Jota probably got one of the best strike partnerships in the league. Jimenez takes the ball, plays it past Sm- um, Smalling and, um, and Lindelof. Jota, easy finish. Interesting note on David De Gea. I found that he doesn't make many one-on-one saves as he used to with his legs. He doesn't save with his legs as much. I know the goal was... It was it, Jota placed the ball in the corner. But when David De Gea comes out, there's a lot of times when he doesn't actually... Do anything. ...convince <laughs> as much as he used to. Um, you know, thinking back to that game at the Emirates last season when he made 13 saves. Spurs this season, we watched the game together and we won 1-0. I'm not criticising him because I want him to stay. He's the most important player at the club. Um, but we need to build a better defence in front of him. And that leads me on to Ashley on getting sent off when we were building in that second half. The goal was coming. He stupidly gets sent off. Mike Dean 
doesn't make it about himself. He just sees the second yellow fence and he sends him off. We must say congratulations to Mike Dean. Congratulations to Mike Dean for his ton up. He'll be um, raising card. his bat to the um, to the crowds. Century of Reds. Um, we bring on Phil Jones. I don't know why he's still at the club. And then him and Smalling and Aguirre contribute to make the complete cock up. And um, Raul Jimenez doesn't really have to do much. I thought Dendonka had scored... Um, initially, he scored against us actually for Andelect in the Europa League quarterfinals in uh, 2017. But anyway, side side that knowledge. side note. Um, so he's a bit of a, he's a bit of a strange one, Dendonk. We've got some previous of him. Um, but yeah, Smalling basically f- collides with Daguerre and and, and 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 the ball goes in, and you know, ten men. What can we do? We bring off Lukaku, which is a shame. I think that shows Solskjaer's inexperience because, you know. We should have made it a war of attrition at the back there. Try and lump it in, get some set pieces. I would have brought on Matter for for some of those kind of whip balls into the box. I would have hooked Lingard straight away, brought off Martial. But then that's four substitutions. Yeah, <laughs> I can't use four <laughs> unless but, in the FA Cup. But there were just too many poor performances. Um, but looking looking going forward, I think Dallow and Shaw are our fullbacks. Lindelof's a centre back. We need someone to replace uh, to replace Smalling Jones or Rafa Varane. Hasn't Rafa Phil Jones Varane. just signed a new contract for Man United, I think? Yeah, I don't care. I just this is I'm talking about what I want to see. Get rid of it. I don't know who he signed it under. Was it Solskjaer? Yeah, I think so. That might not be true. I feel like someone told me that. Google it. I do like Chris Smalling, but not with Phil Jones. It's like Dumb and Dumber. Right. It it does doesn't work. Chris Smalling with Daily Blitt under Van Gaal and early Mourinho was actually quite good. Um because one of them could play on the ball, one of them was a bit stronger. I, I wouldn't have Chris Smalling in field. No way. It's just not going to happen. Um, even under Fergie, they had their cock-ups. And, you know, that's something. Um, I'd get in maybe with Varane and we'll go back for Maguire. Um, in midfield, we need someone else. Um, everyone's saying Declan Rice or Sancho in there. You know, let's not get carried away with the English players. But, you know, something else in there. I do see potential with Fred. Um, does Paul Bourne stay? That's another question mark. The, the bright the bright sparks are, are out wide fullbacks Shaw and Dallow and then Rashford Martial mm. Lingard that that's the best for me um, looking looking forward well it's rumoured to be another summer of rebuilding for Manchester oh, yeah, United it, Herrera Mata Herrera, I don't want to see Mata uh, go I think he could still offer something Mata and talks with Barcelona is the rumour Herrera signed a pre-contract this is a, this PSG it's the thing they go to Barcelona it's like well that, that's a better that's a better club right now um I'm not sure if he'd go to Barcelona. I don't think he will. He's, I he's, think it might just be agent. He's a Castilian. He's, he was in. He was. He grew up at Real Madrid. I'm, I'm not sure he would. He would do that. Um, it'd be an interesting move. Uh, Herrera, I think he loves the club. Why? Why get rid of him? I, I don't see that. McTominay is good. I don't think he's going to cut it. If you're looking at the rest of the league, is you know, him compared to Fernandinho and Silva and De Bruyne, like. Come on, yeah. we're not going to It's not the quality that. you need. Um, he reminds me, people say he's Darren Fletcher because he's Scottish. Darren Fletcher was better at football. <laughs> he actually advanced into the box a bit more and got on the end of things and, and was a really good player. He ran, he used to run after players. Scott McTominay is a bit more rigid. But anyway, I've basically just character assassinated the whole Manchester United team and oh, forgotten to say that actually I think Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is the right man for the job. But I was talking to um, a good friend of mine the other day. We had a, we had a bit of a a feisty debate about this I said to him if we don't get in the Champions League this is before Solskjaer got the job I said if we don't get in the Champions League we don't give the job to Solskjaer and we give it to Pochettino 
because what was that all for? <laughs> yeah, that's true. I know it's an objective. It's it's potentially a knee jerk, simplistic argument, but I think it'd be, it would have been too much of a risk going into the Europa League, and you know how are we going to get back in the Champions League? Is Solskjaer going to work? I thought Pochettino has done so much good at Spurs. People do make the argument about the trophies and everything like that, but Juan de Ramos won their last trophy. Yeah. Did, did that mean he was going to be the exactly. long-term replacement? No. You know, it's not a determinant. They are going for the Premier League or the Champions League. They're not really bothering with domestic cups. No. As you can tell by the lineup against Palace when they got knocked out in the FA Cup. So it's a distraction. Yeah. Um, looking ahead as well to Champions League next week, Barcelona, big big tie. Oh, what well. are your thoughts? I I actually did remember. I don't know if you remember. I called that you beat PSG in the second leg, and I've got a feeling you'll progress after two legs in this round as well. I feel like with the PSG game, we got so lucky in advancing to the next round that we got a, a big dose of reality. You know, that loss at Arsenal, the loss at Wolves twice. Yeah. yeah we only really, we, we were luck, maybe luck against Watford, um, beating them 2-1. You know, Solskjaer has restored this feel factor. I think the reason, I said I said this to, to my friend last Twenty the other day. I said, you know, this Ollie's at the wheel song, all of this feel good. He's a club legend. You sort of have to give it to him because you don't want to see a fan kind of revolt. But is he getting... Maybe an easy ride, without a doubt, because Mike Phelan's there. I'm not. I'm not. Um, I'm not against him. He's a lovely chap, but tactically, him versus Guardiola and Klopp, even Unai Emery, I think that I think that Pochettino could eat to could 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 line up against them and give them a better fight. And I think he's a better Pochettino is a better manager. And I don't think you can argue with that. Will Solskjaer be one? That is another debate. Yeah. But for me, this was the chance to get Pochettino. And I really hope we don't regret it. It's interesting actually hearing you say that. I wonder if we'd go back to our first episode we did. And you just said there, he's a lovely chap, but tactically, he's not all there. I probably well, said the exact same sentence. Well, everyone's saying that we, we're, we're playing better football, but we're, we're still playing on the counter-attack. Mm. Um I did. I said again the other day. I said, you know, what games as United fans are we happy about? Okay, we beat Arsenal. We beat Chelsea. We're out of that competition now. Mm. Um, we beat PSG. We probably will be knocked out by Barcelona because they've got the best player in the world and the best striker in the world, Luis Suarez. Yeah. Um, some of the best. Some of the best players in the, in the world play for Barcelona. So. Boateng. Umtiti. Umtiti's excellent. Gerard Piquet. So they've both won World Cups. Yeah. Um, Stegen is a great goalkeeper as well. I, I think that we'll need a night at Old Trafford. We'll need a big night. Yeah. If Messi comes and silences us, going to the new camp is different. Is it PSG like... were, 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 fam- were famous for that bottle job against Boston. Yeah, they, they had a bit of a curse. We can't do that again. And we need to play Dallow and Shaw. Lindelof, I'd, I'd put Bailly in there because he could maybe go up against Suarez and have a bit of a feisty one with him and, and just see what happens. He's athletic. Yeah. Might be his kind of game. He might be a bit rash, but but then Smalling was great against Mbappe. It's a, it's a 
So some players, some players just rise to the occasion, don't they? I mean, yeah, Barcelona obviously the other day. It might suit us because they play Barcelona play with the ball, and yeah. it might be good on the counter attack, and it might suit us. But then, you know, going back to what I'm my initial argument, what is it all for? If at the end of the day we're looking back on the cup wins yeah. and saying, well, we didn't we didn't, didn't do anything yeah. in them, yeah, and saying, oh, we finished fifth though, we would have been sixth with Mourinho. Well, it's the same outcome. What I always defended Mourinho because he actually won stuff with us. Yeah. I suppose you're just starting that transition process a little bit earlier. So this season's the right off. You win something great. Oh, it's kind of fun. You must be thinking, you're so spoiled. But No, no, no. I understand yeah. where you're coming from, though, because um, I also understand the frustrations of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer as well. But I'm sure he, you know, with a window... He's you know, a better he manager well. now than he was. Definitely, yeah, definitely. You can well, tell that he's yeah. making really good decisions. But, you know, if you gave Mike Phelan the job... It wouldn't December. be the same. Would, would it be? Um... It would be the same outcome, but it wouldn't be the same because Ole Gunnar Solskjaer he represents the old Manchester United. He is. He the won old. us the Champions League. Mike Finn wasn't the face of it. No, and and Solskjaer. And Solskjaer essentially the, the, the was May ninety nine. Ollie's at the wheel. The songs. Yeah, it fits. It does fit, and and from an owner's point of view, and from and if you're making decisions at the club, you can't really well, say a lot, no. A lot of times, it, it, but I don't know clubs. why we gave him the job now at the international break. I don't understand. Give it to him after PSG. I said when we won that game against PSG, I said, give him the job now or don't give it to him until the end of the season. I'm, I led to believe that he signed the contract quite a few weeks before he, it was announced. Um, but it's weird. But you announce it and yeah, I believe they probably just announced lost two games. A lot of clubs announce things like that in the lull of the international break. Arsenal did it with their new kit. Um, obviously, your soul shot at the end of that international break. You probably could have predicted the day. Yeah, but I guess if we finish in the Europa League... Um, we might have been less likely to attract Pochettino if he was in the Champions League. Yeah, I, I would Pochettino want to, want to leave. I think he's got a good project with Spurs at the moment, but we shall see. Their new stadium certainly looks incredible. When it oh, was. it does. Yeah, we'll play a game on FIFA now and uh, go. To well, the, the go compare man sing "Glory Glory" Tottenham Hotspur before this game <laughs> as well because I enjoyed that. I anyway, enjoyed that um, what are we doing this weekend? We're going to Bath City versus Welling. A bit of non-league, a bit of non-league football. I have, I actually went back a couple of weeks ago um, to Bath because I did the uh, the Bath half marathon for charity, and uh, <laughs> I saw a Bath City game. I saw Wilson, which um, I don't know if you remember, Charlie. A couple of when was it? Must have been maybe November. Um, we went and watched um, Bath City against Wilson, and it was three three. It was in the pouring rain. Um, and we went and watched that game, and it was actually quite a brilliant game, actually, to see. Um, I went and watched the reverse fixture. It was a 1-1 draw. wasn't great. They lost to Woking, didn't they? No, we drew, actually, Andy oh, Watkins. Andy Watkins came back from... My mistake. He's been out for ages, and he scored um, an equaliser. The reason why I wasn't at the Wheelstone game was because my mate Ben is a massive Charlton fan, and he was insistent that we go to Bristol Rovers away. To see 20 Charlton. quid to what yeah Bristol Rovers away uh, Charles, uh, at the memorial at the memorial and I was like yeah yeah that sounds good I'll come back from London and, and go out I haven't seen you for a while yeah, we went with a few other mates and the wind was gale force it was that weekend where it was just unplayable it was the worst game of football I've ever seen <laughs> I don't think either keeper made a save because really? it's, it was physically impossible to play football and I was thinking oh I wish I was at Twin Park it wasn't a great game there either, to be fair. I don't think Bath have been very good recently. I think they've been robust as usual. We've got the best defence in the league. Jerry's doing a bloody good job. Jerry's at the wheel. 
Jerry's at the wheel. Yeah. I was very surprised actually by the wide selection of draft beers available in the Bar City bar. We won't be going back for a while, will we? I don't think I'll be going back the rest of the season. No, me oh, neither. You can't do Billericay on the last day, can you? I'm going to Fulham. Oh. Is that the I might have to do my first game of the season on my own. I thought I I'd have done five all by the now. time by my own. I thought I would have gone to a game by myself by now. You're going but we're going to Welling. We're going to, hey, <laughs> fuck off. No, we, Ooh, uh, that'd be explicit yeah. now. <laughs> um, we're doing Welling away. Yes. So while we're recording this, we're at Wembley right now. We are. There'll be, which game will it be? Is there a game uh, Man City Wolves on Saturday. Man City Brighton. Man City Brighton. Man City Brighton. <laughs> and we'll be in South East London at Welling to watch a potentially deciding game in the playoff race because Welling are in there. Are they, they? they beat... I was at Twerton Park at the beginning of the season on... It was family day and we got a massive turnout and damn. it was lovely weather and they beat... Welling beat us 2-0. They were strong at the back. We had no chances really. Was I they there? They just played on the counter-attack. No, you weren't there. Um, I don't think you were going to many games at the beginning of the season. I went caught to the bug one, I swear. Um, but yeah, it would be a completely different game because, you know... You know, there's a lot at stake now. We've got a lot of confidence because we, we you know, we feel like we're we're difficult to beat. Mm. We've, we've had a lot of draws recently. We had Eastbourne nil nil away, Wheelstone one all, Woking one all. We went to uh, we drew at home to uh, Truro, which I was at, which was a horrible game. Um, there are, there have been some draws in there, Slough away, Gloucester away, but we're difficult to beat, and that's what you need to be if you're going to be a playoff team. You, you need to make sure that you keep that momentum going, and you stay on, you kind of stay unbeaten. What was the wrong with Andy Watkins? The run. What was wrong with him? Why he's been that? injured all season. What's is he bald? No, he's got not much hair. Is he from Truro? No, he's been at Bath City for a while. He wears these old mercurial boots from like 2014. Yeah, he, he remembers the good old days. But um, but yeah, it's going to be a good day out. We're going to do a bit of Bermondsey afterwards near my house. Yeah, we've heard of the uh, beer, mile. This beer is, mile. This is great content for our six listeners, who, none of which live in London. But there's a there's a, uh, a pub crawl sort yeah. of vibe we can do. Yeah. Well, hopefully we'll, we'll have won and we'll be in good spirits. Toasting a victory. Toasting a victory and another fantastic weekend of football. And Burnley losing. Yeah, so who are they playing? I don't know, but I just want them to lose. Okay. That's all that matters. And Southampton. Yeah. Our poor oh, Ellie Marden. I know. Our friend Ellie's a big Southampton fan. Big? Yeah, I'd say big. Big. She knows. She knows. She knows. She goes to St Mary's. Uh, she's not like a fan that we, the fans we talk about, we'd never go to Liverpool. Exactly. She's, Ellie's been to St Mary's multiple times. She even went to the Carabao Cup final against yeah. Man United Back when Gabbiadini was robbed of a hat trick. Yeah, awful. So we'll uh, we'll talk about our our Wembley escape to Welling. Uh, in our next pod we've also got a special uh, podcast episode with a very special guest we won't reveal we won't we, reveal we won't reveal well you can uh, listen to that that will come out maybe on Saturday or Sunday, Sunday something like that so um, something to look forward to that was we, we that was you know to get the chance to, to do that was sort of surreal was it yeah you know it came out of the blue almost didn't it especially the, yeah I mean great to have our first guest on the uh, on the podcast as well we'll hopefully get some more but stay tuned for that one um, 46 minutes wow we done we love to talk oh, it's time for a bit of FIFA time for a bit of FIFA and I've got a can of IPA in the fridge we can split it oh, okay sounds great cheerio bye bye <laughs>